Hey guys, welcome back to The Blair White Project. So I'm in a much better mood than I was the last time I was on here, which is why we're gonna start with a very good story. Uh, one of my favorite stories of the year so far. However, happy Halloween. I'm filming on Halloween. You'll see it November 1st, but uh, this is the first year in I think like maybe five or six years that I have no costume and no fucking plans. I don't know if that's like an Austin thing. I'm like hanging out with old people that don't have Halloween plans, but I'm feeling a little depressed about it, but we're gonna make it work. So this story, I, I'm in love with this story. I mean, actually I have a mixed relationship with it. Okay, so New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being unvaccinated and orders back pay. State Supreme Court found that vaccinated being vaccinated does not stop the spread of COVID-19. It's really just, it's amazing really that the to watch the narrative shift in real time, right? Because there was a time not that long ago where saying this would get you censored and banned off social media. I know people that have been censored and banned off social media. I, you know, obviously I make my entire living from social media. And so I remember like wanting <laughs> to be tweeting during the thick of, you know, the pandemic when everyone was getting vaccinated, how obvious it was that it wasn't stopping the spread because I was literally seeing everyone I knew that was vaccinated just straight up getting it again and giving it to someone else. You know, it seemed like at one point the vaccinated got it at like a higher rate. I don't know the science behind that. That's just my speculation, but bitch. Um, it was ever so clearly not stopping the spread. And if you had two fucking eyes during the vaccine hype, you knew that, you saw that, you recognized that. But I saw a really great tweet the other day. It was like, um, it was from, I think the Twitter account is called Sasculin or something. It's this gay conservative guy that I've followed since the beginning of my account on Twitter. And he's not famous or anything, but we've just been like low key, like Twitter acquaintances. But anyways, he tweeted that being conservative, something like being conservative is just being right about shit until the fucking corporate press allows you to have a conversation about it. And then no one cares anymore. So it's like, it's just being right early, right? So obviously this is good news. You know, I think in a just world, the New York Supreme Court obviously should reinstate employees, should give people their money back. And, but it's just, it's bittersweet in the sense of like how many people, if they had the information from the beginning during the vaccine hype, when everyone was rushing to their favorite Rite Aid and Walgreens to get vaccinated, how many of them would not have if they knew or had even a hint that it wasn't going to stop the spread, that it wasn't going to not spread to people in their household, people they're around. Because, you know, I said it before, there's literally a fly on my microphone. Hi. Uh, I said it before that she won't leave me alone, girl. It's the hairspray. And now my ADHD is like, girl, get away from me. She won't stop. Anyways, I said before that the only reason why I would have maybe gotten vaccinated or, you know, maybe had considered it would have been to keep from infecting other people wasn't the case. Um, so it's interesting because this is going to set precedent for the rest of the country, which is exciting. Um, I don't anticipate states like California, but then again, New York's a blue state. So I'm talking in my ass. I was about to say California would never, but New York just did. So maybe. Um, and it's interesting this happened before um, other states that I feel like would be more likely to do it, like Texas or uh, I know in Florida, they weren't even allowing the vaccine to be uh, mandated by workplaces, but this fly is like literally just a cast member of the show at this point. Like she's just doing the most. Anyways, this is good news and I'm happy about it. More good news. Oh my, you know, I'm so white-filled today. It's crazy. 
every news story, not everyone, people are going to clip that out of context. There's some crazy ones in here, but uh, these first two are really good. So Florida proceeds with ban on puberty blockers and sex reassignment surgeries for minors. Round of applause. You can't hear it because I'm trying to be polite. This is amazing news. Um, so what's very great is that it was detransitioners who greatly helped to make this happen, not because of just speaking out, but they actually went and testified on this issue. And that's what swayed the jury in, to my knowledge. Um, Shapeshifter was there. I'm so proud of, you know, it's all these detransitioners that come on the show and um, that have come on the main channel. Like I literally have such affection for, and I'm so proud of them because they all have such a fire in their belly to create positive change and they're doing it. You know, Chloe, Shapeshifter, Richie, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough to have most of these people on my show and to see them doing such great things. Like it, it really does warm my heart. Uh, yeah, it says a joint committee of Florida's two medical boards voted last week to draft a rule that would ban puberty blockers and other gender dysphoria treatments for minors in the state. The Florida Board of Medicine and the State Board of Osteopathic Medicine voted Friday to proceed with a plan that will bar anyone under age, under the age of 18 from receiving sex reassignment surgery or taking hormones. Um, it came after a nearly five hour long discussion where experts in the public voiced their opinions. And, you know, members of the public were these D-trans kids. I say kids. A few of them are older than me, but for some reason, I said this when Richie was on the show, for some reason they just come across younger to me. I'm not trying to be insulting or anything, but I feel almost like a like a maternal instinct over them of sorts. So, um, you know, this is great news. And another thing that I hope is setting precedent for the rest of the country, obviously I can now say, I couldn't say it in the last one, can say in this story that California is not gonna follow suit at least anytime soon, you know, they recently became a sanctuary state for the shit, so. California's doomed, but that's why I left. Um, it's, you know, this is a no brainer. And uh, it's one of those issues that I feel like I am just repeating myself all the time on, but it's because I feel like it's so necessary. I hope that more states follow suit. I hope that the state I live in, Texas, follows suit. You know, uh, Texas, of all places, people think it's such a, you know, far right state or whatever. It's like they were doing, you know, surgeries on minors for trans reasons very recently, you know? They instituted a ban on just the surgeries alone recently, but the hormones are a big deal too, right? Because the surgeries are obviously a big deal, but the hormones are almost the biggest deal because they sterilize you. So next we have a video, you guys. I hope the volume's up on this laptop. Let me make sure it is. So there's a video recently that's going viral of actually a doctor who's coming forward and talking about puberty blockers, stating the obvious. Let's play it. Hi, this is Dr. Christie. I just want to give a brief public service announcement. I feel a responsibility as a physician to be honest about puberty blockers and hormonal therapy in teenagers. This can lead to infertility, and I don't know if that's really well known. Um, that means that you would never be able to have your own children. It really is important to go through puberty at your normal sex as your normal sex and at your normal rate and not arrest that process. Um, give your body time to complete the process before you start changing things that could have long-term um, implications. So I want you to be smart about it. That's what I'm here for, help you out. So the reason why this video is going viral is because it is so rare to see a doctor being honest about puberty blockers because it is such a politicized issue, which um, 
you don't really want medications, treatments, anything really in the medical field to be politicized, but this one obviously is. Um, but it's going viral because it's so rare to see doctors speaking honestly about it. And I think what's really unfortunate, although I'm glad more people like her are coming forward, is that it needs to be said that puberty blockers make you infertile. To me, I don't have this amazing understanding of biology. In fact, I did not do well in biology. It's not a field where I succeeded in school. I'm not a huge science person in general. To me though, it's kind of like saying a cat is different from a dog. Like it's, it's, it's one plus one equals two that if you don't go through puberty, you can't procreate because puberty is the medical, it's the biological mechanism that actually gives you the material to impregnate someone or become pregnant. So the fact that this doctor is saying like, it's not widely known, you know, she's right. But that's so disturbing to me that the general public has such a lack of understanding of very basic bi biology. Again, we're not getting in the weeds here. This is just basic shit. Like breathing, you breathe oxygen, you go through puberty and then you can make babies. Like that is basic, right? But it just demonstrates how ignorant people are on this issue, you know? Uh, you know, I'll never forget story time. Oh my God. One of the first moments of realization that like the general public doesn't really understand anything to do with like trans like medicine or biology, anything like that is actually has to do with an ex-boyfriend. My ex-boyfriend who I had at the very beginning of my channel, uh, shout out to James, never even said his name, but shout out to James. Um, <laughs> he, uh, his mom actually came up to me and was like asking me while we were dating, you know, can you get pregnant? Are you able to have babies? You know, I think this is something that he's going to want very soon. And, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you genuinely don't know if I can have, I was born male. Like people genuinely think some of them that you can get pregnant as a trans woman. And, you know, it's mocked like, oh, people aren't that stupid. People are that fucking stupid, dude. No shade to her. She, she was a nice enough lady, but it's like, when that happened, I was like, oh, people like don't get it. <laughs> like at all so people i think that's the biggest learning curve with this trans shit with the medicinal aspect of it at least in the surgeries is that people just need to if they're going to be advocating for things have a basic understanding of what the fuck they're advocating for y'all are advocating for kids transitioning you have no idea what it actually does what you're actually sacrificing or what you're actually damaging here but you'll just advocate it for anyways because you're so fucking obsessed with being tolerant and loving and you don't understand that you're actually being fucking monsters. Uh, so there's that. Hope you enjoyed that story time. Uh, next story, another another great one. Oh my God, these are all good ones in a row. Girl, we're celebrating tonight. I need to cheer somebody with the iced coffee. Elon Musk disbands Twitter's board cementing control over company. Bitch. Twitter is, it's a new day on Twitter. I think today on Twitter, um, Pelosi's gay lover was trending, which we you know would have never happened under leftist leadership. So shout out to Elon. Uh, not that I necessarily believe it was a gay lover that did the Pelosi thing. And we are talking about that story today, but you know what I'm saying? It's just the fact that like that funny ass shit can trend. It wouldn't have trended before. And I love it. But in general, just knowing that Twitter is in the hands of someone who actually values free speech, not just with their words, with their actions, um, is a good thing. You know, you really cannot underestimate 
how vital Twitter is to the national discourse and to politics and how it actually moves and shapes elections. I mean, we had the Hunter Biden laptop story that was completely censored by Twitter. We're going to get more into social media censorship, by the way. There's a crazy story that Tim Pool was tweeting. I want to talk about that. Um, just the fact that a huge, like, election, possibly election swaying, likely election swaying story was censored by social media in favor of one political party because it always is. Like, how is that good for anyone? So the fact that that's not going to hopefully be the case on Twitter anymore, unless Elon really switches up, is a very good thing. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that the algorithm is now different and that right-wing accounts are getting so much more engagement and so many new followers while left ones are going down. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think he's been in there long enough to actually create an al algorithm change. However, I think it's very clear that there are like inactive accounts that are coming back to Twitter. Conservatives feeling like it's more of a website where they can, you know, use it with dignity now are coming back. Whereas a lot of leftists are abandoning ship, you know, a lot of people are on the left are saying how they're leaving Twitter because of Elon's leadership and how it's going to be, you know, a platform for hate speech and, uh, you know, misinformation. Uh, I like how misinformation is always only on one side, right? And I'm just so fucking tired of hearing that word. Like, it's just one of those buzzwords that, like, I'm going to need a new word for that. Like, I'll even let you continue using it, but the word itself is getting on my nerves because y'all misuse the fuck out of it, just like with words like racism, just like with like words sex sexism, transphobia, all that shit is always incorrectly used, at least almost always. But anyways, I, you know, a lot of people are really fucking freaking out about the Elon shit. Like I saw one tweet that was like, stand your ground, fight like a Ukrainian. <laughs> I can't. What is the fetishization with like Ukrainians on the left? Like, I don't understand. Like I, I fuck with Ukrainians, but it's just something about if you see a Ukrainian flag in anyone's Twitter handle, it's going to be a problem. It's it's basically as much of an ind indicator of someone who's unintelligent and a group thinker as like pronouns in your bio or a rainbow flag. Like it's really, it's really something that you have an entire side of the political spectrum that straight up not just doesn't value free speech, but actively dislikes it, that actively fights against it, that actually fights to censor information. And why the fuck anyone on either political party feels like they have the right to censor information from the general public, to hide information from the public, from the common man is just on a fundamental level demented and fucked up, right? But, you know, this is, this is what people I think have really been waiting for is the Elon shit. I remember earlier in the year, people were thinking he was gonna buy it and it didn't go through. This is why I hate wearing this jacket, by the way, because I know if you're listening and not watching, like this jacket keeps falling. Like I want it to fall, but not completely fall, right? Like it's being annoying. Um, it really is crazy that free speech is not a virtue celebrated by the modern left, especially because originally they're the ones championing it, right? You had the ACLU, you had colleges, that free speech was the groundwork for their entire ideology. And now it's like their number one enemy as an ideology, right? But it's the same thing they used to be, you know, anti-big pharma. Now, <laughs> I don't think being pro-big pharma is even like a way to describe their behavior. They are literally walking, talking, ads like they're doing advertising like i know pfizer sponsoring like half the fucking television shows you watch half the fucking you know news programs you're watching but they don't even need to do it they have people on the ground going around like at one point basically assaulting people for not being vaccinated getting people's faces over it refusing to let them work right and now that's obviously being reversed thank god but 
Like the average leftist does big pharma's advertising for free. They're walking, talking billboards. You know those people that get like um, ads put on their car and they can make like side money doing that, like driving around with like a loose plumbing thing on the side of their car. It's like these people might as well tattoo like Pfizer, like inject me on their fucking foreheads. Uh, so that's just another example of a thing the modern left has switched up on. Big pharma, you know, it's like in, in many ways, um, you know, the, the left used to be pro-women. A lot of ways they're not anymore, you know, it's like you can't really talk about women's issues anymore because it gets superseded by trans issues. And so many of the objectives of the trans ideology, for which I'm trans, but without the ideology, has, you know, negative implications for women. It, it, they don't even, they're not even really on the side of trans people. Look at the way that they fucking make trans people look. It's like, who is the left really on the side of anymore? Other than just getting injections that are now being reversed. Like, I don't understand what the fuck the left is even doing. But it is exciting, you know, as someone who makes a living off social media and now having Twitter, you know, a platform that we can sort of reliably say, I'm not gonna get banned for saying super basic shit, like men can't get pregnant or the vaccine doesn't stop the spread, like just basic factually true shit. I think I had tweeted earlier, I was like, you know, all the misinformation everyone is saying is being spread on Twitter now just looks like very basic facts, like very simple one plus one equals two type shit. So it's exciting, you know, and a lot of people that were single-handedly doing the most censoring are now fired, you know? I forget what her name is. The lady who, I'll put a picture on the screen of her, the lady who uh, was on the Tim Pool episode with Joe Rogan, who was at the top of Twitter. She was the one who actually banned Trump. She, how does someone at Twitter feel like they have the right to censor a sitting president? Like, at the time he was sitting. It's like, you had way too much fucking power, Miss Thing, so thank God you're gone. Thank God. These people had too much power and it's being checked. But just the fact that, I think it's very telling that the left doesn't have the confidence that they can actually compete on a level playing field, right? They have to have these social media platforms that are based upon censoring, you know? Like, it's really messed up, but a lot of things I tweet, you know, I have this thing where I post like my tweets on my Insta story, because a lot of people on my Instagram don't follow me on Twitter and it's just a way to get them to see more of my thoughts, right? Um, a lot of things I tweet, I can't even post on my Instagram story because it's within the rules of Twitter, but without, you know, not within limitations set by Instagram. And that's just such a problem. It's like, I anticipate a lot more censorship on other platforms. I think that they're absolutely pissed, Silicon Valley, that Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk. So I'm anticipating actually the reins being tightened on apps like Instagram, YouTube, how YouTube don't, don't, don't do that, uh, which sucks, but it's also the crowd who's very, you know, much freaking out about Elon owning Twitter and the right technically owning like one mainstream social media platform. Weren't y'all the ones that said build your own platform? Pretty sure Elon, you know, didn't build it, but he bought it, which is, you know, free market capitalism, which y'all are claiming in that instance you like. Now we have our own platform, but it's not even our own platform. It's just a level playing field. And the fact that they can't handle that, it shows, it really reveals the level of confidence they have in their own ideology. That if they're not on a platform that bans people who disagree with them, they feel like they don't, they can't fight. And girl, you're gonna have to fight. The right's been fucking having to fight this shit all along. And imagine how different the world would be 
if these past, how long would you guys say that Twitter has been sort of like shaping political discourse and kind of swaying elections? I would say probably even a little bit before 2016, right? Um, I remember back before the Trump election, like the Christian gay um, baking scandal, that was still a huge thing on Twitter. And, you know, there was legislation being proposed for that and Twitter was swaying that. It's like, how different would the world be if we didn't have that one-sided platform swaying discourse for all this time? You know, the Hunter Biden laptop story certainly wouldn't have been censored, at least not on Twitter. Facebook still would have, but like, so hopefully things are moving in the correct direction. Also, prediction. If this red wave that everyone's anticipating comes to fruition in November, in just a week or so, I anticipate that they're going to blame it on Elon. I, this is this is kind of what, it's interesting how the left, despite being collectivist, they really hone in on like one person, right? So it's like Trump's the enemy, then Joe Rogan's the enemy, and then, you know, Elon Musk is the enemy. Alex Jones is public enemy number one. It's like they, they hone in on one person to sort of like blanket that person as like leading the entire movement of the opposition of the right. Whereas like in other instances, they're so fucking collective thinking. Um, I anticipate that they're really freaking out that for the next week, they're not able to censor information and whatever, you know, surprises may come before the election, new information, breaking stories that maybe sway that, they're not gonna be able to wipe that off the face of social media. Um, so I, I think that if they do lose as hard as people are predicting, it's gonna be blamed on Miss Elon. I just said Miss Elon, I totally just misgendered Elon Musk. I call everyone Miss. Uh, they will blame it on Elon. So this next article, you guys, it's funny. The Atlantic says, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. So basically this article is saying that, you know, a lot of things were got wrong during COVID and we just need to kind of forgive and forget about all the freedoms that were taken from people, all the funerals that people weren't allowed to attend because of social distancing, uh, for the forced vaccinations. People are gonna get hung up on the word forced. Yes, if you can't go to work, if you can't go to school, if you can't go to a restaurant without a vaccine, that's a forced vaccination. And I, I'm not gonna play this game just because the government let businesses and corporations do the oppression for them doesn't mean it wasn't forced. It's, it's not a choice. If you if you have to choose between living and participating in society and getting a vaccine, that's not a choice. But anyways, it, well, it's a choice for a very few lucky people, right? Like I had that choice because I'm a YouTuber. I had that choice because I had the financial ability to move states where these things weren't a thing, where I didn't have to go get a vaccine to enter a restaurant. But if you didn't have the money to escape these blue states that did it, sorry, you know, you had to get the vaccine basically, or, or you had to, you know, do what you had to do, but it wouldn't have been much of a life, right? No school, no work, no public places, okay? Um, so the regime wants us to, to forgive them for taking away freedoms, for segregating society based on a lie, the lie of transmission via the vaccine stopping it, that is. And uh, this is what abusers do, right? They will abuse you. 
And then the moment you get the upper hand, the moment you're ready to leave, right? The moment you're ready to say, you know what, I've had enough. The moment they move on, it's all apologies and it's come back to me. And, and I would know, not coming back to you, weren't with you in the first fucking place, but I will never forget what the fuck went down in 2020. I am fucking traumatized and I am embedding what happened in 2020 into my personal political ideology, which is I will always forever, I don't care what political party or how things change, I will always vote in the direction of less government. I don't give a fuck how Republicans feel about trans people. I don't give a fuck how Republicans feel about this one or that one. I don't give a fuck if every Republican in the world fucking hated me for being trans. The difference is when I was living in Los Angeles, which was blue, I had to go to Orange County, which was red, to even sit in a restaurant, to go to the beach. Yes, they were blocking off the beach in California. And uh, it was just very revealing how important being in a red state, a red county, a red town is versus the opposite. So yes, there are absolutely differences and consequences when it comes to voting. Sorry, I will never vote blue. I, I, I don't care about social issues. I mean, I do, but I don't care. I don't place them at a higher priority or higher level importance than like leaving my house, going to the beach, um, going to a restaurant, participating in society. Those things come first, sorry. Um, Shout out to all the social issues that I care about, but they're always gonna come first to having like basic freedom and dignity. That kind of comes first. So no, we're, I'm, I'm not gonna forgive what happened in 2020. I will always remember it. I'll also always remember what it felt like, because they're not asking for just for forgiveness, forgiveness for you know the government or the entities that created these rules and, and enacted all this. They're also asking for forgiveness for people that freaked out and treated people like shit and judged people based on their vaccination status and judged people based on whether they were willing to go outside or not and judged people based on if they saw their family or went to a funeral. Sorry. That's what they're asking for forgiveness for. And that's not going to fucking happen. I've said this story, I think on the show before, but I'll always remember going into the elevator of my building in Hollywood. And there is this fucking disgusting man in the elevator as I'm trying to walk in who has a mask on and a face shield who pushed me out of the elevator and freaked out because I dared to get in an elevator or forget that there was some rule in my building that there's only one person. I'll never forget that kind of behavior. And I don't think it's, I don't think that it's two-sided here. I straight up, I've seen Republicans and shit acting badly in videos where they're, you know, freaking out in grocery stores and like treating people badly because they're wearing masks, that's disgusting as well. But when it comes to actually using the government or using corporations to actually take away freedoms or limit people or restrict people, that was something happening primarily on the left. And you can see that based on the fact that if you moved to a red state, you didn't have these restrictions placed on you. The idea of a lockdown even being a thing that the government is able to do short of like, I don't know, like aliens invading and then even then, how dare you? It's like, why was that even a thing? How did that even enter the lexicon? How did that even become an accepted thing? So no, no forgiveness. I only need a fucking promise that you're never gonna do that again, which I'm sure you're not willing to give, but it is what it is. The tide has turned on that issue. Uh, you know, not fully, we're not at a full U-turn, but it's turning, right? The fact that the New York Supreme Court is giving people their jobs back and money back if they're forced to get vaccinated to work, um, that's a big deal. So 
uh, sue me, but I was right on this issue and it will come up to light further. Evie Magazine is asking, is the body positivity movement encouraging women to cheer on their unhealthy friends for all the wrong reasons? Yeah, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this one's just goofy. It, it's interesting how you're seen as a true friend if you are willing to lie. Like for me, I ask my friends their opinion on all sorts of things when it comes to like what outfit I'm wearing or if I look good in certain things and I don't wanna think they're fucking lying to me. And that's really what happens when it comes to this fat positivity movement. I don't think fat people even think that they're attractive, at least in that sense. All some people do that are fat, obviously. There are like people who really embrace that and love it, but there's a lot more people that know it's bad know that it's not, you know, their optimal state of attractiveness that perpetuate the lie because it's easier to lie. And, you know, I don't consider it a good thing. Granted, never going to go out of my way to tell a fat person like that they look bad. That's disgusting. And people who do that, like you're an asshole and you're a bully. But if someone actually asked me if like their body looked good and they were fat, how, why would I lie? And how would I be a good, a better person for lying than I would to be like, well, you know, you could get snatched a little bit and look better, you know. I want my friends, if I ask them if I'm gaining weight to help me out and tell me the truth, you know. But the truth is something most people can't handle. So yes, the fat positivity movement is disgusting, but there's, you know, obviously more dire implications to it as well. Like during the pandemic, they were still pushing this idea that fat is healthy. You know, you had magazines like, uh, what was it? It was um, Cosmopolitan running that article and that magazine cover saying this is healthy in a picture of a fat woman. It's like, how dare you do that in the middle of a pandemic and how dare it be against the rules of leftist ideology to criticize that? Like, I don't ever see leftists criticizing that kind of shit. And they really should because I think this could actually be a uniting issue. This could be something everyone could kind of agree on that it was pretty messed up to in the middle of a pandemic that predominantly affects overweight people, older people, et cetera to tell them that it's healthy to be fat. How you're, you're killing people. That is killing people. Cosmopolitan potentially kills people. It's just crazy. I mean, this is what Kanye touched on in the interview with Tucker as well. It's like how demented of a movement is that and, and why are people pushing it? Demented. All right, you guys, this story is crazy. The Department of Homeland Security is quietly broadening its efforts to curb speech it considers dangerous, an investigation by The Intercept has found. So I'm going to break this down because it's a little bit complicated, but it's actually not. Basically, social media platforms like Facebook created portals for which the government could actually rapidly request to have information, videos, and content taken down. This fly is killing me. So what that means is Think of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Obviously, there's so many other things, right? You could get banned for, you know, sharing information that, you know, furthered evidence of the innocence of Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, name an issue and you can get banned on Facebook for saying it. Staying the vaccine doesn't stop, um, stop transmission. That was an issue for a long time. I think now you can finally say it. Thank you, New York Times, for giving us permission to say it. Like, fuck you. Um, so basically, we live with these social media platforms that again are swaying elections and swaying the hearts and minds of people that the government is able to go in and say, mm, actually that information is not appropriate for the common man to digest. 
How fucking disgusting. That's literally what happens in China. I guess the difference is we're able to figure it out here and criticize it and hopefully it changes. But if he will, this is probably, and I've seen a lot of people saying this on Twitter, one of the biggest news stories of the year, if not the past few years. And because of that, it will be buried instantly. Because of that, it's probably not gonna get much traction beyond today, only on right-wing platforms and that's it. And that's pretty disgusting. Like, why does anyone, whether you're on the right or left, want a government capable of censoring information from you? It's like, it's not always gonna be leftist control. I think this is the thing that people need to understand and leftists should understand. You're not always gonna be under this comfy, like leftist leadership. And I'm not just talking about the White House because even when, she's gone. I'm not just talking about the White House because even in under the Trump presidency, you still had all these corporations, every college, you know, all these entities that were still and are still leftist controlled. Who says it's gonna be, be like that always? Why do you wanna give these entities the ability to take on information and censor things? It helps no one. Um, Tim Pohl just tweeted, uh, Facebook's government takedown portal is still alive and literally has a screenshot of the mechanism at which the government is able to go in and take information down and, and just whatever they deem worthy of censorship for which it's never gonna be in your favor. It's always gonna be in their favor. Again, it's like stuff like this, I hope really gets people to understand that there's so much more to voting red. And I'm I'm saying this obviously as midterms are coming up and I do want people to vote red. You know, it is a child's understanding of the world to think or say that voting is based only on social issues. And I know I focus on social issues so much, but when I vote, it is almost never on social issues because it's stuff like this that is actually what's at stake. Bigger government, more control, more censorship, less information. That's what's actually on the ballot. And all these social issues that obviously I do care about, right? Like I want to people, I want people to understand trans issues in a way that's, you know, unique to my perspective, right? So I, I hope to sway people in that direction. But when it comes to voting, these are the type of things you should be voting on. Not non-binary shit, not climate change, like name an issue. It's this type of stuff. So I'm gonna read some of this article because it's really fascinating. Behind closed doors and through pressure on private platforms, the U.S. government has used its power to try and shape online discourse. According to meeting minutes and other records appended to a lawsuit filed by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, a Republican who also, who's also running for Senate, discussions have ranged from the scale and scope of government intervention in online discourse to the mechanics of streamlining takedown requests for false and intentionally misleading information. That means Facebook is literally convening with the government saying, Daddy, how can I help you? oppress people more? How can I help you censor information more? Facebook's a, a shithole social media network. And I, this is another reason why I'm so glad that Elon owns Twitter now. I can't, I, I can't see, for all of Elon's faults that you may wanna bring to light, I can't see Elon sitting in a meeting with Nancy Pelosi and seriously considering censoring information on the platform. I just don't see that as a thing. I could be completely fucking fooled who knows? I don't know anyone who knows Elon. That's not true. I know people who know Elon. <laughs> um, but 
regardless, this, this is just one of the benefits of having a neutral platform because they're not gonna do things like this. And having it owned by the richest man in the world means, you know, I assume that there's a financial incentive for Facebook to be sucking the government's wiener like this, right? I assume they're getting grants and government funding and all that. So it's like, Elon doesn't need that. Elon's the richest person on the planet. Already a step up. So that screenshot Elon, uh, Tim Pool posted is crazy. All right, on to probably the biggest story of the week, other than the Elon stuff, is Paul Pelosi's attack. So listen, the attack on Paul Pelosi, no matter what information comes out about it, no matter what the narrative versus the reality is, one thing can be for certain, I condemn violence against people for any reason. Well, yeah. I condemn vi the violence against Paul Pelosi for sure, but I mean like obviously if someone like harms a child, it's like they need an ass whipping, you know what I'm saying? So within reason. So a lot of information's coming out about it, but it's all very confusing. And the, speaking of censorship, a lot of stuff is being censored from, you know, mainstream publications. What is known is that Paul Pelosi was attacked in his home in which he lives with Nancy Pelosi, who is second in line to become, third in line to become president of the United States if God forbid something were to ever happen. So the fact that there was a lack of security to the point where someone could have gotten into the house through whatever means they got in, because there's conflicting information on if a door was open for the person, if they truly broke in. But for someone to be in the home of Nancy Pelosi hitting anybody with a motherfucking hammer is crazy. And I don't feel comfortable with the fact that, you know, the third in line to become the president is not secure enough to not have that happen. Now, a lot of Republicans are saying that it was Paul Pelosi's gay lover. It even trended on Twitter today. Who fucking knows? I don't actually care. If Paul Pelosi is gay and living his best life in San Francisco and him and Nancy have a little arrangement and he's doing whatever the fuck he does, why is that even like a talking point? Like, who cares? Like, that's the other thing. People really like care a lot when like politicians like cheat on their husbands or wives or whatever. I've never cared about that. What are you doing that affects my life? I don't care. And I guess there's something we said about like, you know, the morals of a person, but like, I've never cared about that kind of stuff. And it is coming across in some instances, a bit homophobic the way some Republicans are covering this story. Cause it's like, even if he was gay and even if he was literally getting it on with the dude while like right before he got hit with a hammer, it's still fucked up. He got attacked with a hammer, right? Right. Um, what's interesting though, and what makes this more crazy is that Paul Pelosi apparently referred on the 911 call to the attacker as his friend, which of course contributes to the theory that it was a boyfriend. Um, but it's like, then how did a, even a friend, because apparently the friend, the person who did it is like a crazy homeless, like nudist person. Why is that even someone who's welcome in the home of Nancy Pelosi? I don't like that either. Um, but it's just, you don't want to say any definitive statements, obviously, because I don't want this to age badly and be wrong. But I do know the 911 call was weird, so let's play that. Hey, priority 910-2640 Broadway, cross of Scott and Normandy. Hey, 14 hour copy. 
Harpy stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harpy stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Harpy sounded somewhat confused. So it was a friend, apparently. He claimed it was a friend. Also was waiting for Nancy. So pretty scary. Um, what's really interesting is that, of course, right off the bat when the story broke, people were trying to say it was a crazy right winger. And you know what? I don't necessarily bl blame them if I'm just being real here, because even though it's not true and it has been debunked, I don't know. If, if someone went and attacked like Ron DeSantis in his home, my first instinct is going to be that it was a crazy lefty, right? That's just where your mind goes. However, it's another thing for someone like me who is a private citizen. Well, I'm a public figure, but you know what I mean? to speculate something like that. Another for Hillary Clinton to put it into the ether that the Republican party was guilty. So we have a tweet here from Miss Hillary, which go away girl, like you lost to Donald Trump, you lost to a reality star. The fact that your political career wasn't open, like over when that happened, you're lucky. So stop pushing it, <laughs> girl. Hillary says the Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking, but not surprising that violence is the result. So, and as citizens, we must hold them accountable for their own words and the actions that follow. So you're holding Republicans responsible for an attack that had nothing to do with Republicans. What's wrong with you? Like, are, are you fucking demented? It's one thing, again, for like private people to speculate the political leanings of a violent attacker. It's another thing for someone who is arguably, you know, second or third most powerful person in the Democratic Party to do that and to fan those flames. Like, maybe be a little more fucking responsible. But then again, you have the president of the United States actively doing press conferences saying that MAGA Republicans, cringe term, by the way, are the root of all evil in the fucking country. Not direct quote, but that was the message of his press conference. You all remember the crazy red lights in the back. Um, I don't know. Is anyone really under the delusion that there is more political violence on the right side of the political spectrum than there is the left? I don't know. That's when it goes back to like the whole living in two different worlds, two different realities thing, because I have a very different view on that. The next one, the girls are fighting. Caitlyn Jenner apologizes for misgendering transgender TikToker star stands by criticisms. So Caitlyn was interviewed on Fox News about Dylan Mulvaney's Normalize the Bold Shang. Y'all know I just uploaded a video about Dylan. Link in the description if you haven't seen it, go watch it. However, um, where Miss Kate went wrong was while giving very valid criticisms about Dylan, I think Caitlin also said he and like misgendered Dylan. First of all, there's a reason why I did not misgender Dylan in the video. First of all, because I genuinely think it is rude if someone really is trans and you know, even though Dylan is a fucking clown, I did think Dylan was really trans. You don't do it because you're giving them the ammunition to make the entire thing about that. So Caitlin had very valid criticisms towards Dylan and the behavior. There were the same criticisms I made in my video that, you know, the difference is because Caitlin said he, that's all it's gonna be about. Dylan looks like the victim. Dylan looks like the, you know, Dylan did a video, like an emotional dear Caitlyn Jenner video. It's like, why even give Dylan that? Because it's like, it sucks, but for things like that, that's why I just said they the whole time. I was like, I'm not even stepping in that territory. So Caitlin, you fucked up. I'm not even mad at you because genuinely 
it, it is kind of hard to look at Dylan and say she, it, it, it actually is. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that, it's literally just that. Um, that's why I actively kind of avoid it because I knew I couldn't hold it up the whole video. But don't, there are valid criticisms against Dylan. And if you can't see that, I don't know what the fuck's going on. All right, this one's goofy, y'all. <laughs> Joe Rogan tells a story where a mother badgered a school to put a litter box in one of the stalls for her daughter that identifies as an animal. The fuck? Let's watch that. Ready for this? My friend, his wife, is a school teacher. And she works at a school that had to install a litter box in the girls' room because there is a girl who's a furry oh who identifies goodness. as an animal. And her mother badgered the school <laughs> until they agreed to put a litter box in one of the stalls. Yeah. So this girl goes into the litter room or to the, the girls' room and urinates or whatever i don't know if she poops in it that's pretty gross <laughs> that's you know I mean? like if you could teach your cat by the way here's the thing if you could teach your cat to use the toilet you would mm -hmm. okay yeah like you don't want a box of piss <laughs> yeah, in your right. house it's the worst i've had cats my whole life okay. it's the worst thing about having cats you got to clean that box of piss every day yeah like it's the greatest thing about dogs they go outside like you're, you're a fucking human. The cat's got their humans trained. <laughs> Imagine how crazy that is. You're a fucking human being, and you prefer a litter box? You want to piss into a, a pile of sand mm. rather than <laughs> use a bathroom yeah. that you could flush the toilet, wipe yourself like a normal person. Like, you're so crazy with uh. what you think an animal is that not only have you said this, but you've conned <laughs> the school yeah. into putting this fucking litter box in a girl's room. Yeah. Which is bananas. It is. It's absolutely insane. It is insane. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so crazy how, obviously this is a wild case, right? So I don't think like there's a ton of uh, litter boxes being set up in schools, but it does reveal the extent for which this woke ideology actually takes you, right? That you can actually get there, that it's even possible. Just like you see the extreme outliers with like a lot of the trans stuff, it's like, the fact that you can get there within the ideology is the problem. So I would not want to be a kid growing up today. I'm, I'm just being very honest. Think of all the things working against kids, like living a normal, healthy, wholesome life in this day and age. First of all, you show up to school and half the teachers are asking you for your pronouns now and asking you to, to pick a sexuality and what's your gender and have you start questioning shit you would have never even questioned. It might disrupt the flow of your actual sexuality and your actual gender identity because you have a fucking lived out teacher talking about what are your pronouns? Are you really a girl? Like that's one thing, right? You have the fact that schools were closed and people are missing out on educations and valuable years of socializing with people. And if you're young enough, don't even know what a face looked like for two years. You have like this weird now setup where like the, I would not want to be a kid. Look at social media and the normalization of like, one thing I was thinking about the other day, how easily accessible OnlyFans is and like how pervasive like pornography has become and how it's like just right there. Like half the people you see on Instagram who all these kids are aspiring to be have OnlyFans links in their bios. And if you think these 12 or 13 year olds are not stealing their parents' credit cards to like, and it's not as if 
these are like old school, like, oh, a Playboy, you know, a kid stole a Playboy magazine. It's like low-key, like wholesome pornography, if such a term could exist. You know what I mean? Like standard, like normal, not hardcore shit. It's like half the time these people have OnlyFans links and you go to their page and they're getting like railed by seven dudes. And it's like, this is what people, I just, I would not want to be a kid today at all. They're all glued to their phones. They all have the attention span of a fly. They have all these political forces pushing in on them, confusing them. It's like, I feel bad for kids. Premark reintroduces women-only changing room after backlash over only providing gender-neutral facilities as another woman revealed how man burst in on her while she was trying on clothes. Right. This obsession with like gender neutrality is pretty disgusting. I mean, I'm sorry. This is what I meant earlier in the podcast when I said that so much of like trans ideology is antithetical towards progress or, you know, positive things for women. It's like now women have to get changed in gender neutral changing rooms. Like it's not even like trans women are allowed in, in this, you know, women's changing room. It's that it's gender neutral. So men, like, what are you doing? Of course, this is in the UK, right? I'm pretty sure Primark's in the UK. Like, what? I mean, you walk through like certain stores now and like they don't even separate clothes and stuff by gender. And it's like, I'm sorry, not every woman or maybe even every man is comfortable even shopping around people of the opposite sex. They're trying things on. They're seeing how things look on their body, seeing if it's flattering. Maybe they don't want to be seen by the opposite sex if they're wearing something that's not so flattering or if they're not wearing anything at all or accidentally like showing something like. Who does the gender neutral thing help? It doesn't help trans people because. I've never had a fucking issue in a changing room. Are you demented? However, it's like, what is wrong with y'all? I don't understand. Here's another gender neutral story with worse implications. Air Force Academy cadets instructed to use gender inclusive language report says, United States Air Force Academy is instructing cadets to use gender inclusive terms and in some cases refraining from saying words like mom and dad. So you can't say mom and dad in the Air Force. And this is the military that's supposed to protect us right now with all this WW3 uh, discourse going on. Like these are who we're relying on. People who are too sensitive about hearing the word mom and dad. And again, who's it supposed to help? Is it supposed to help trans people? And if so, I need you to explain to me how. I genuinely would like to know how this helps trans people in the Air Force by not saying mom and dad. Would you not still want to be a mom or a dad if you are trans? Oh, you know what? I just figured it out. I'm stupid. It's literally for just non-binary shit because non-binary people, while claiming to be trans, constantly support things that actually hurt trans or are antithetical towards trans people actual transsexual and non-binary people get hoisted to the top of the fucking megaphone in the trans community despite being completely different in almost every fallible way despite being non-binary when trans is a binary thing right this has to just be for non-binary shit one of the slides in the instruction discusses inclusive language telling cadets to nix terms like mom and dad boyfriend girlfriend you guys this is what I mean by South Park and like living in a meme. It's like, 
I could see a sketch about an overly sensitive trans person walking around saying, what do you mean when someone says, hey guys, or you guys? Like that's like a joke someone would write because it's just so ridiculous, but it's not so ridiculous because it's reality. It's like parody and reality at this point are like Tia and Tamara. It's like, which one is which bitch? You know, it's not Tia and Tamara. It's like those conjoined twins, the blonde ones. I'll put a picture on the screen. It's like those girls. It's like they're one and the same at this point. They are the same. It's just ridiculous. Students rip woke colleges for Halloween offensive costume warnings and don't think it's their place. This is another little white pill story. I think people are kind of coming around to this cultural appropriation thing being BS because I'm really not seeing that much discourse around it this Halloween, which usually every Halloween, it's like a really big thing. And today's literally Halloween as I'm filming. So I think I would see more, right? Colleges nationwide are urging students not to engage in cultural appropriation when dressing up in their Halloween costumes, but students say it's not their place to tell them what to wear. Agreed. A fucking greed. So I've never understood this shit. I'm supposed to believe that dressing up as, I don't know, an Indian is mocking Indians rather than being an homage to Indians rather than Native American people, obviously is the correct term. Rather than being an homage, being a nod to the culture existing in the first place. I mean, it'd be one thing, like, can we not take like intent into account ever? Like, have y'all ever genuinely seen some like dumb, like, I don't know, college girl drunk in a Native American costume and y'all really think it's in her heart that she's like, oh, I hate Native Americans, so I'm dressing up as a Native American to make fun of them. Like, are you kidding? If anything, they make the costume slutty and hot to like make it like cool, to like make it like a cool Native American. Like, I have never understood this shit and I'm glad people are speaking out. Like, I think that there was a Chinese girl in this article, yeah. Um, someone speaking out saying, I'm an Amer Asian American and I think it's very ridiculous for a school to tell a student that you cannot wear other cultures. I think it's kind of flattering when people do that because it shows that they acknowledge my culture's existence. Right. And also it's a bit of a slippery slope. It's like, how far do you want to take it? Like, can you not eat Chinese food? Can you not like eat Jamaican food? Like what is the line here? I don't know. I wish I had dressed up as Halloween on Halloween today, but yeah, I could have worn a costume on screen and everything. Like I'm... I am the fucking worst influencer in the world today. All right, you guys, it's been real. I'm really enjoying doing this podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys subscribe to my main channel as well as a podcast channel. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter and Instagram and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.